Welcome to the Patmos Podcast. I'm Cooper Wagner, and I'm often joined by my partner, Cole Jones. Here at Patmos, we're on a mission to be the healthiest investment firm in the world. Part of how we plan on getting there is by learning from men and women who have gone before us in life and business. So I hope you enjoy these conversations, and thanks for listening in. If you find them helpful, we would love to hear from you. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, or just shoot us an email, which can be found on our website at patmoscp.com. All right. Well, we today are graced with our prettiest guest yet on the podcast, uh, Amy Robbins, who's the founder and CEO of Alexo Athletics and the host of Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. That's right. I nailed it. Nailed I had to write it, it down. Well, actually, Alexo Athletic, oh. but it's a tongue twister. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I give everyone grace the first time they say it. Yeah. So, yes. Well, I was, me and Amy connected on LinkedIn literally last week. I think, yes. or two, maybe two weeks ago, yes. but I think it was last week. And I've heard so much about Alexo because... Which just blew my mind. Really? I, maybe I, because of, like, I felt like it was such a small world. And, yeah. you know, we, we when we started Alexo, we didn't focus a ton in Dallas. But, like, looking back, we're like, we probably should have, like, done a big push in Dallas. Yes. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that carry here. But we didn't. And so, I don't know. I, I'm still always, like, shocked. Like, when I see our stuff in the airport, uh, yeah. like, see people tell me about it. I'm like, oh, I love it. Thank yeah. You. Well, I would, I, we mentioned it. So we got to, we got to get you to unpack it, your story, how you started Alexo, what is Alexo and go from there. Yeah. You want me to just go back to the, yeah, the, 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 the origin story, yeah. the origin story of it. So, okay. To tell the origin story of Alexo, I kind of have to go back like a couple of years before that to give a little bit of context as to why I even ever thought about making athletic wear that holds your guns yeah. or gun pants. So um, prior to 2013, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with firearms. I grew up in Texas. I mean, other than we have three girls in my family. So, you know, my dad would take us out shooting and that would be about it. Like other than that, I really didn't know a whole lot about firearms. Um, in 2013, I got, um, my background was in uh, broadcast and, and TV hosting and I got uh, cast to be on a show for the NRA. And I almost turned it down at first because I'm like, no way. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the my, grand, like that yeah. my granddad with, yeah. like, the guns and stuff. And they're like, yeah, but we're building a new platform for millennial gun owners. And, you know, women are the fastest growing demographic. And it'd be awesome for them to share your journey. Yeah. Like, cool. All right. So, you know, like anything, I if I'm going to do it, I'm going to jump in wholeheartedly and, and figure this all out. So as I was on the show, I got some of the best training in the world from, like, the best... Navy SEAL guys and former operators and just like the best training. And I learned very quickly, like how I was like, first off, oh my gosh, I can do this. Yeah. I, you know, when I learned to be safe and I learned to be proficient with the firearm, it gave me this next level of confidence that just, I don't know, it just changed, it changed my perception. It changed my life. It gave me, um, I always thought I was like a very independent woman. And then I would always ask my husband to rack the slide and load yeah. the firearm <laughs> yeah. before, you know, he left to go on, um, to go to work or whatever. And so on this show, I thought this was so cool. I'm like, I'm seeing all these women that look like me, dress like me, talk like me, and no one's speaking to them in the gun industry. I was like, it's yeah. very, if you're not a hunter or you're not like former military or law enforcement, where do normal women go to learn information about firearms? Yeah. You usually rely on the man in your life to teach you, and that's not always the greatest combination. Right, right, right. You know? yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I kind of started focusing my social media like Instagram and y'all this is like kind of right when Instagram started so like no one knew what we were doing with Instagram yeah. and I certainly didn't know how to utilize it but I was like I think 
you know, I need to like post some of this stuff that you can still be fashionable and into fitness and firearms and mm-hmm. your faith and your family. And it's like all the F's, you know, like yeah. all the good F words. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> I was like, okay. And I started gaining this following through that. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of women that want to learn about this stuff. But still at this point, I did not carry a gun on my body. In fact, I didn't carry any self-defense tool okay. on my body. So fast forward to 2015, um, I'm an avid runner. I've been a runner like my whole life, played soccer growing up, track, all that good stuff, kept it going, wanted to train for the White Rock Marathon, okay. 2015. So, you know, you're going out running long time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of miles, lots of hours. Um, and in 2015, I got up, I was in Prosper, and I went out on my normal route and my normal run. Nothing ever happened to me before out on these roads. So I always felt very safe. Like most people do in the world. We just feel very safe because nothing's ever happened to us. And so I went running, and I remember hearing a car in the background. I was like, that's weird. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no, you know when a car is out there. Like there's a a purpose for them being out there, right? So I hear this van, and they pulled up like right next to me and slowed down. And they all rolled their windows down. There's probably seven guys in the van, and they started like aggressively catcalling and harassing. Just really annoying, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just ignore them. Like they'll, they'll drive away. Yeah. And they did. They drove to the end of the road, but then they circled back and came back. And that was like my, oh my gosh, that was my moment when everything in your brain is just like, do I run over the barbed wire fence? Like, how do I get out of this situation? You know, it was, it was very scary because I knew like they came back and they did it again. And thank God my story ended there. I Mm. tell people that I'm like, I got a second chance because that very easily could have escalated from just the harassing and the cat calls to something greater. And at yeah. that point, I'm at a severe disadvantage. For sure. One woman versus seven guys, not a chance in heck that right. I'm getting out of that alive, right? right? If they decided to do something. So as my aha moment, I never want to be defenseless or helpless yeah. again. So I ran home. I got my license to carry, like all good Texas girls <laughs> do. And um, when I got my gun, then I'm like, great. I can go on my run. I'm ready to go. Where did I put it? Yeah. You know, I I started researching like holsters. I'm like, oh, that looks uncomfortable. All that looks bulky. I don't even know how you attach that to my leggings, like nothing. And I was like, well, if there's nothing on the market, and I, I had started researching the market size, and I'm like, there is a huge market of women that carry self-defense tools, huge market of women that choose to run and walk, and no big name athletic brand is doing anything about this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something about it. So that's how I came up with the idea for Alexo, um, and kind of, yeah, that's the and so now, story. Now, for people who don't know what it is, it is a apparel brand, an athletic apparel brand yes. for primarily women. So originally it was. So we okay. initially set out to empower women to give them back um, the confidence they need to run without fear. Right, so that they can take their safety into their own hands how they wanted to. And so, yes, we started out for women. We have expanded to men's line because we're like, hey, like not all of us want to wear, you know, tactical clothes all the time either. We want, right. we wear Lululemon. We just needed to hold our firearm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and originally, it wasn't just about the gun. I knew that that concealed carry was up. It was up by like five hundred percent since they had done like back then when I was doing the research. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was the other tools. It was just the like. I don't know. They just don't put pockets right. in women's clothes. And yeah, I mean, even, for, <laughs> even for a phone. No, like, yeah. like to store anything. Yeah. And so I'm like, we need pockets. We need functionality. But I want the core of this to be a brand that supports the woman's right to choose how they defend and protect mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the Second Amendment was a big, obviously, I was a big advocate on a national level for the Second Amendment. And I'm like, if we don't exercise that right, 
we're going to lose that right mm -hmm. eventually. So I want more women to take hold of their Second Amendment, whether they ever choose to carry a gun on their body or not. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. just be aware that you do have the ability to protect yourself and you are your own first line of defense. Okay. Like, had I called yeah. the cops when I was, yeah. you know, being harassed, I mean, they would have, A, I don't even know if they would have found me because I was in the middle of nowhere. Right. I would have been dead. Like, they're never there at that moment right. when you need them. And so you really are your only first line of defense. And that's ultimately, like, what I want women to start getting in the mindset of. Yeah. Okay, I would love to keep going down that route, and we'll come back to it. We'll come back to that and where that conversation will take us. Because I, that, we we're, we're all, all very, day. we're all yes. very passionate about it. We also have not introduced to our our friends. Yeah. This is Luke Petty, and uh, he's an avid gunsman, <laughs> firearmsman. I yes. know, hunter. I noticed your Sitka phone cover right away. So, so. It was a, it's a no brand. Luke's on our team, and was like, all right, hop on, That's hop awesome. on this podcast. Um, but I would love to just to to knock this out. And not that it's not important, but I think we're all more passionate about the second part of this conversation. Um, but I would love to hear how, like, just, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to ask this specifically, so it's going to be kind of broad, but, like, how was it starting a business as a woman? Because that seems less common than a man trying to start a business. Sure. And then what were the challenges? What were, like, what, did you find anything that was easy or I just love to hear kind of like how was it starting a business as a woman in yeah. Dallas, Texas? So it's crazy because when I was five years old, I asked my dad, what do I need to do to be the boss of people? Really? That was translation. <laughs> like, what do I need uh, to do to run my own business? Like I yeah. always knew even when I was little, I was going to run my own company one day. Didn't know what that looked like. Um, I was always interested in helping people and I always wanted whatever company that I want to start. I wanted it to serve a purpose, solve problems and make sure that it's, it's, helping millions of people. Mm -hmm. But like, I had no idea what that was going to be. You right. know, like you try to force ideas and like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I, I had tried other things, failed miserably. Um, or just didn't go the way as planned. I hate the word failed. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't go as planned. Um, and this was truly like a divine download is what I, I say, because I like, as I came home and I was telling my husband about this idea, you know, we both had other jobs, like full-time jobs. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about manufacturing. I didn't know anything about design other than I had been in the fashion industry on the modeling side for 15 years prior to that. So I had some friends that were designers. I was like, surely I can just like, you know, have them figure some stuff out. Yeah. But didn't have any connections in the manufacturing world. And so everything seemed insurmountable to getting this company mm -hmm. off the ground. And plus we're like, I mean, we got to put our own money into this because no one's going to fund this. There were no angel. We were literally starting an entirely new niche in the market yeah. in the activewear space. And the concept wasn't proven. I was like, we got to go out and we got to prove this concept. And so um, my husband and I had actually just sold our house. So we took this little lump sum of money and we're like, okay, like how much can we risk with our own money? Like mm -hmm. into this thing, like do people yeah. even want this, you know? Um, and so that was, that was, terrifying but i will tell people when you're especially if you're going to use your own money uh to start a business and go after your dreams the best thing you can do to reduce that risk and, and this terrifying like nature of all of this is to make sure that you have a plan and yeah. so we we put the whole plan together i mean we had identified like where the number one can sell carry market we did all of our research mm -hmm. prior to this and that made us feel good about our choice so no matter what was going to happen we lost all of the money. Like we, we knew we felt good about it because we had planned, we had done the research and we did everything that we could. We made the decisions off of the information that we had. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, yeah, so we took this little like chunk, 
went to SHOT Show one year, so went to this big, like, gun show every year, like, when I was working with the, the NRA. And so very last day of SHOT Show, 2015, um, I think this guy out of nowhere um, was like, hey, are you Amy? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who are you? And he was like, well, I, I'm manufacturing another lady's, like, holster shapewear like body stuff and he was like and i heard about your idea because i was like telling everybody at this point yeah this is what i'm gonna do like we're gonna make this line and he was like we would love he's like i would love to introduce you to our manufacturers and i'm like oh my gosh like fantastic that'd be wonderful but i didn't know about minimums i didn't know i didn't know anything y'all like literally like didn't know anything and um so you know through a lot of trial and error and a lot of money lost and wasted um i mean i can tell you the multiple times that our company should have been shut down. Um, But I always say, I'm like, when I say it was a divine download, I'm like, this was an idea from God that I believe that we were walking in the direction that we were supposed to go. And I wanted to help all of these millions of women, you know, feel empowered. And so because of that, I do believe that like each time we faced a challenge, like we almost got into like a trademark lawsuit with a company who was a multi-billion dollar company and our logo looked nothing like theirs and they knew it but they just knew that they could bully us and I had you know like $30,000 worth of merchandise was about to be shipped and the last thing to put on it was the logo and we had 24 hours to change our logo and send it over to them before they like got it back or we would have had to sell all of that merchandise in 30 days and we didn't have the like people like the customer base to sell that that quickly so we'd have been stuck with that right But it worked out. Um, it was really cool. So, but like, kind of all over the map. Like, no, you're good. This is, this is great. Like, want to know about here? What, what's um, like starting a consumer business? You know, very different from real estate. But maybe what are some things that someone would need to know about manufacturing and design to start a business like that? Find somebody you trust because it is a sketchy industry. (laughs) (laughs) And they will screw you over and put you out of business so fast. Our American manufacturers, like, stole our money and our product, like, right when we were starting. Um, And, again, like, I mean, we're taking our money from our sales and, like, putting it back into more inventory. At that point, I think it took a year before both of us quit our jobs to – to go do this. Um, so your and, husband's full-time with yeah, Alexa mm-hmm, now? Yeah, okay, so it, he it. runs all the operations on it. I do okay. the day-to-day, um, or he does the day-to-day stuff. Like, I do the... Vision the, and yes, the face yes, and all that. Yes, exactly. And so, <clears throat> I mean, just, it's just finding the, the right people to trust. And I guess that really could go for any industry because there's, you know, bad apples in every industry. But this one's expensive because you, as the business, you absorb all of the risk. The middleman, the manufacturer, they're going to get paid whether or not you make one sale. They mm-hmm. don't care if you sell your product or not. Yeah. But having somebody that you trust that will fix their mistakes, because inevitably you're going to have, you know, mistakes on, on your clothes. Like we had a whole batch of leggings come in that were see-through. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that, was, that was not great uh, right at the beginning. Um, you know, like you're going to have mistakes, but if you trust them and you know them, like they will fix that mistake, which is, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So finding like partners in that um, – that are good. But honestly, like, I can't stress enough, like do your market research. Yeah. Come up with products. Um, I mean, building a brand from the ground up is completely different than being like starting a business, like an online boutique or retail where you're just drop shipping and wholesaling. And you know what? Honestly, had I known all those models, that probably would have been like a great, I probably could have made way more money earlier, like yeah. doing that. Um, but I wanted to build a brand. Yeah. Like I didn't want to just make a product. I wanted to build an entire brand. And that's really what sets 
Alexo apart from everything else in this industry. We've got a lot of, I call them copycats, but that's the best form of flattery. Yeah, totally. You know, people making products now that like look similar to our leggings and stuff like that, but they just have a product. Yeah. Ours is a community. It's yeah. a movement. It's a it's a brand and a lifestyle um, now that obviously like extends beyond just women. It's the men and the women in this community, and I think that's what makes Alexo so great because we're bringing that all together. Yeah. And you know, you've got one central place, and I'm like, hey, when you see like someone at the gym, it's like wearing Alexo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know they're. I know, you know, I know. It's kind we're of like minded here. It's, like, it's kind <laughs> of like a yeah, it's a value alignment that you immediately kind of know, which yes. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I, I stopped here, but when we when you connected with me on LinkedIn last week, uh, I you would you would I, I guess Jordan was probably on LinkedIn before I was that morning because he had already accepted your request, and I was like Jordan, how do you know Amy? Because I <laughs> I was like I've heard so much about Alexo, and I was like shocked to see I love like that. like just because. It, to me, like nothing. I guess no, no. I mean, no offense here. Yep. <laughs> but I'm I was like, obviously, like everybody knows Lulu. But to sure. me, like Alexo, because of the relationships I have with people who had told me, like, hey, if you want your wife to carry, this is the brand. Yeah. It was like same par of like if you're getting athletic wear. That's where I was like, so I was like, I couldn't believe that you connected with me. I was like, how, why would she connect with me? Like, <laughs> I, I don't think, so I was like, Jordan, how do you know her? She was like, I, I don't. She just friended me this morning. I was like, oh, cool. Well, so. I, had been at, I had been at a meeting earlier because um, we're involved in this nonprofit organization. I was meeting with, and we've got a lot of guys like in the capital world and development world and yeah. all this stuff. And I think I was like talking with a guy and he had just mentioned her name. I was like, I've never, I haven't met with that capital group yet. Like, who are these guys? Yeah. And then I saw Brooke, you yeah. know, my sister-in-law yeah. was connected with you. I'm like, B Rob, shout out. Yeah, give you a shout out, bro. Um, I'm like, okay, I, I like Patmos. Like, I mean, okay, I have an idea that we yeah. probably are like very like minded in a lot of mm-hmm. things. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna reach out to these guys. And I connect with like everybody on, yeah. on LinkedIn. <laughs> and awesome. I love it. And honestly, like building a brand, you've got to be able to build a community and yep. speak to people and find where they are. And and so you can't be afraid to connect with as many people. I have slid into so many people's DMs, like so many girls. That's how we have our entire like influencer marketing campaign. That's awesome. Because I just like reach out to them, become friends with them on, you yeah. know, and that was so much work at the beginning. Like, yeah. It'd be very hard to build another brand from the ground up <laughs> yeah. and build the influencer program. Most people have like people doing it for them. But right. You know, it was just us. Yeah. And do you feel like specifically with that, I mean, that's such an interesting world. The influencer world is so interesting. Do you feel like, uh, did you beat the crazy market that is influencer now because you started it early? Or because like now, I mean, I have a friend who works for an influencer and I know her a little bit, but like what she costs is insanity. Influencer marketing is a strange beast. Yeah. I will tell you that. Our... Best influencers are actually like the micro influencers. Okay. Have five hundred people or less. Now, I will say this: like, we I had a one up on people that want to enter this space because I was in the firearm industry for seven years. Like, I I know how they think. I know what gets the women motivated and excited and wanting to share your products. And you know, I just that was me. Like, they think like me, and so I just approached it how I would want to be talked to, how I would if I wanted to. I always knew when I connected with other women that shot and they looked normal. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like, oh, yeah. I, and by normal, I don't mean like, no, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like they, they. Like you connect, you just connect with them. Yes. Yeah. Like just like an everyday average, like soccer mom or yeah. a college girl, you know, and yet they like 
want to go shooting, you feel this instant bond. I went to A&M, so you yeah. know, I feel like whenever you see an Aggie ring, you have this like instant bond with the Aggies. It's kind of the same thing. Right. And so, um, yeah, like I just feel like I, I knew that market really well. And so I was able to get in there before the craze of the influencer marketing. And the, in, a lot of these influencers, there is zero ROI, and they ask outrageous amount of money before proving their value. And I refuse to pay influencers that like don't actually produce. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think companies are stupid that pay a lot of money for these influencers before testing them out, before testing to know like, so what they might get 10,000 likes, I guarantee half those are bought. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, it but Elon's fighting that. Well, I guess not on Instagram. But, but what, yeah. what works is when someone is passionate about the yeah. brand, they feel a part of your community. They, they're like your apostles. They want to go and tell everybody about it and they post on Instagram and I don't have to tell them or ask them to do right. that. Like they, they want to know what other women are out there wearing their stuff, wearing Alexa and who mm -hmm. else is a part of this community. And for some of these women, we get stories all of the time of ladies like messaging me saying, hey, none of my friends even know that I own a gun. I've never shot. But like with the Alexo community, I feel like I have a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. And I've got college girls who are like, when I put on my Alexos and I carry my mace, you know, I've felt confident walking across campus at nighttime and FBI agents telling me, thank you for making feminine looking clothes. They can carry their gun. I mean, like mm -hmm. people come out of the woodwork and yeah. just tell us about how much the brand has meant to them. And, you know, so for me, it's like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. this is like literally a community of, That's awesome. of people. So, and I feel like, so, I mean, so all three of us, as we were saying before, are married, don't believe any of our wives currently carry, which to my dismay. Um, <laughs> but, I, but it's funny because even the, what you're talking about, like the independent woman idea, like my wife is amazing. We've got three kids under three and she crushes it. She's home all day. Like, She's amazing. Shout but, out. Yeah, shout out. But uh, I was leaving town one day, and I handed her my pistol, and I was like, what would you do if yeah. if the front door opened when I was gone? And she was like, I'd load the gun. I was like, okay, show me how you would do that. And, like, show me how to pull it. But she was like, no, you what just. What model was it? Yeah. Uh, what would you say? <laughs> what model was it? It was actually an IWI Masada. Oh, he, okay. He nice. sold it to His uncle sold it to nice. me. Yeah. Um, so it, it, a little bit. I mean, they all function pretty similarly, but uh, not as common of a gun. But um, anyways, she's. Yeah, yeah. Show me what safety but she is goes, on She goes, which this cracked me up. She was like, no, I feel like, you know, if that happened, Basically, like, I can't remember the exact words, but like, I would rise to the occasion. I was like, no, in that moment, <laughs> I was like, that, that's there. the it moment where you go to you, your lowest yeah, level yeah, training. Yeah. So, yeah, the gun is going to be right here. <laughs> so, we've, but since then, I've like, Cole, you know, he's, he, he got his wife a firearm for Christmas. Luke, nice. Luke got married a few months ago. Uh, what did I get her? <laughs> uh, you got her a 509. Oh, FN 509. Okay. Oh, which one? The, the 509. FN 509. Oh, FN. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a bigger one, so it's, she's yeah, she's gonna size. she's gonna test it out, get Yo, comfortable honestly, with it. Just get them shotguns. <laughs> yeah, like shotguns. Oh, wow. no, for sure. Tactical shotguns. No, for home defense, are hands Completely down my agree. favorite option because think about it. Like you said, when you're like fumbling around for a gun, you get one bullet. Right. You yeah. better be like. Dead Proficient. on yeah. with, yeah. with that. Yeah. With a shotgun, you've got a nice little spread totally. that you can probably hit somebody with. Yeah. And you know, they're relatively safe safer with kids in the house too right. I mean, like obviously store your guns in a safe way right but i mean their kids it's gonna be hard for them to 
get to a shotgun and right. you know pull the trigger. But I am like a huge proponent for shotguns. For yeah, no, I, I yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. I, think, um, I think everyone knows about when you pump a shotgun. You know that sound. You definitely yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, I don't think anyone else. I'm also like get a red dot. Get yeah. like something. Like if a burglar like sees the red dot like on them, they're gonna you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. run the other way. So. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just e- even having the because part of me hearing about Alexa was like, I was like, before I even get her a gun, I want to get her these. So yeah. she's like, okay, I could actually see myself. And there's been so many times we were talking about right before, and you could speak to this, but like, from what I understand, one of the number one crimes right now in the country is like men stealing purses or attacking women in parking lots when they're like loading kids into the car. Like, yeah, cause they're well, just that's the most, easy. they're soft targets. Totally. And I mean, but that's, that's the pattern and the mindset of a criminal anyways. Yeah. I mean, you think back all the way, just animal kingdom in general, they're, if you've ever watched like national geographic, I mean, the lions are waiting for the slowest, weakest wildebeest, you yeah. know, they're not going mm-hmm. for the strong one at the front. And that's no different with, with human beings. Yeah. I mean, for the general population of criminals, you know, they're looking for the softest, easiest target. Mm-hmm. And a woman who is dealing with screaming kids and trying to get them in there, you know, yeah. strap them in and ah, sit down. You know, all this, like, that is, they're very vulnerable. Yeah. And it's my least favorite thing to do with my children. I try not to take my kids out as much as possible, really for their protection. Yeah. And because I'm like, this is putting all of us in a very vulnerable situation. However, I make sure, like, that I park... I, I never go at nighttime. I never take my kids out at nighttime. Lo- no low light situations with them. Um, but like for going to the store, it's like broad daylight, quickest access to, you know, the carts, like getting right. them in and out as, yep. as quick as possible. Um, and just like making sure that I'm in a place that there's probably going to be a lot of people, you know, so there's little things that you can do mm. leading up to make yourself a much harder target. And that's really the most important thing that I try to get across to women, mm-hmm. whether or not you yeah. ever choose to carry any kind of self-defense tool, that tool hopefully will never be used. Right. And there's so many things that you can do to harden yourself to walking with your shoulders back, looking around, constantly scanning. I am this weird person that will say hi and talk. I am like, I made myself so weird. So I'm like, I'm they're just not even going <laughs> to yeah. like, yeah. mess with the crazy woman yeah. over there. You know, I was like, hi. As loud as I can, like, hey, I'm here, everybody. Like, know that I'm here. Um, You know, not being so polite. I think so many women, um, whenever I do training courses with women, the number one thing I get up and tell them is, like, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out right now. Like, I am giving you all permission to be violent. And I am giving you permission to not, like, take the please and the the thank you out of your voice when you're telling someone to back up. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just this idea of learning how to project confidence. Now, I will say... With the with the firearm on my body, it gave me a level of confidence to be able to project that. Mm-hmm. Because if it should progress, and they didn't, you know, take the first warning, I have a way to back up my no. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women, when you don't have a tool, you you think you're going to shrink yourself, make yourself smaller, in hopes that they just pass you over. When in actuality, it's making you a better target. Mm-hmm. And so when you actually have a way that's like, no, no, no I actually meant it. Like back up, and if you don't, like. I'm armed, you know, or whatever your warning needs to be to let them know, like, go away. So it gives you this extra level of confidence. Yeah. And so. And I think it, the nature of owning a firearm, man or woman, is it it, it naturally, you have to be a responsible, you don't have to be, you should be a responsible individual. And um, I think most, most good guys with guns are. And um, I I think there's, so anyways, I just think it, 
the, like you're saying, the nature of carrying one on your person mm-hmm. means you're thinking, you're being thoughtful about your yep. surroundings, you're yep. confident, you know how to use the gun, you know it's safe where it is, you know yeah. all of those things. Gun that- owners get such a bad rap in this country, but it's the mm-hmm. like the people that I know that have their concealed carry license are not the ones that are involved in these mass shootings or right. the, like they are the most responsible well-trained, polite people, because you know why? They actually don't want to use their firearm. They actually right. know that they have this power, and they're they're reducing that because they want to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't want to have to use that gun. And totally. that is the majority of people that have their concealed carry license. Yep. And I will go back to what you are saying um, about your wife not wanting to carry. So... I, it's a journey. Like, I did yeah. not carry on my body. When I first got my license, I was like, Ooh. I even knew how to shoot guns, but I just thought, maybe it might go off on its own. I don't know. Right. Like, something. I don't even know how it's possible. Luke will try to convince like, you a SIG will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you get something caught in that trigger, you know, it definitely yeah. could. Yeah. Um, but, like, I did not want to carry on my body. And it wasn't until, like, so I would throw it in my purse and, you're never getting to that gun more than likely right. like if if you're in a situation but i had to go through the steps and the training to find that out on my own so i actually did like a simulator training and then they did this 30 foot um thing where it's like this big screen and there's a guy that was like it looked like he's 30 feet away and by the time you even assess that he's running towards you is a threat and going to take your life like, I tried to get into my purse every time, and I never got my... I got killed mm. every time. Like, he got to me. Knife and everything. And then they're like, now try it on your body. And I'm like, okay. And the reaction time and the speed to actually getting that out, because you still have to give yourself several seconds of processing mm-hmm. what is happening. He's running towards you, assess that's a threat, then get to your tool, and then make sure you're on target. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not going to come natural right. for, for most people. Like, yeah. you really need to train... No matter what. Totally. I mean, that is the that is the key. If you really want to take your safety serious and protecting your loved ones. I mean, now this goes beyond myself. I mean, I have two kids now, uh, two and almost two and three. And I'm like, I don't leave the house without my firearm if they're with me. Because I'm like, I never want to get caught in a situation where I wish I had it. And right. I was not able to protect them. Or yeah. I wasn't able to, you know maybe step in a grocery store if someone's in there, you know, and save someone else's kids or whatever, you know? So it's like the responsibility is so heavy on me now that I don't leave without it. And even to the point where my, my three-year-old son goes, he'll come up and and go, mommy gun, (laughs) (laughs) mommy gun. Cause I'm like, yes, I have my firearms. So I can defend and protect you and sister and myself. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I mean, it's, it's so important. I mean, especially in the, the tragic world that we live in, it's just, as we know very well, it's just becoming more and more common that people are, I, th- I think, have mental disorders that lead them to make decisions that threaten oh, yeah. the lives of a lot of people. Well, a lot and of so. people woke up during COVID. So they had 8 million first-time firearm owners in yep. 2020. 4 million were women. Wow. Like, that's a lot. That's During a, COVID, for, that's During surprising. COVID because of the riots. So oh. people, people saw very quickly how fast things can escalate how crazy people can become like a totally rational normal person can get very passionate very quickly and Mm -hmm. it can turn violent and things can go awry and i and there were where were the cops like half the cities were defunding their police officers like 
people were just like, I got to rely on myself. Yeah. You know, like there is yeah. no relying on somebody else at this point. And we really need to um, take a look at, at what's going on and be proactive. Like I tell women all the time, I'm like I was reactive to a self-defense situation, but mm -hmm. I can help more women be proactive. And unfortunately for a lot of us, like we don't think about our safety until something has happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're starting to see more and more women not make it home on their runs. They don't get the second chance. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, we just like, if we just were more proactive, maybe something could have been different. Mm -hmm. And you know, the Eliza Fletcher story, I don't know if y'all followed the news. She was the one that made, she went to Baylor actually. Yeah, um, it, it, she was, was, that, the that was in Nashville as well, wasn't she it? She was in Nashville. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on in Nashville yeah. right now. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, Memphis and Nashville have a lot of crime, but this whole idea with like these women runners, I mean, Adidas just did a report that said 92% of women run in fear. When I was doing research, it was 80%. Wow. So now that all these murders are coming out and they're like making national news, Adidas decides to do a, a report that says, you know, 92% of women run in fear. And this is what gets me just so fired up about mm -hmm. these big athletic brands. I'm like, they want to go and spend all this money to do this reporting. And do you know what their solution was? Hmm. Run on a treadmill? <laughs> no. Well, that was one. But primarily it focused on men just need to do better. Not one mention of a self-defense tool. Definitely not a mention of a firearm. Like, this is the same people. Hmm. So we launched right in the middle of the Me Too movement unbeknownst to us like that was not planned obviously right, right. um but i was like yay like we're gonna provide a solution for this like i'm i'm i hate that this is happening but i'm glad it's coming to light like i'm right. glad women are sharing their stories because like this stuff is needed to be right. shared yeah and but like now this is our opportunity to like empower women and give them opportunities so that this never happens to them or it will never happen to them again right and the hatred that we got <laughs> from that movement, the same women that were crying, you know, me too, were the same women that were like hating on us for arming women wow. and giving them firearms. And so I was like, whoa. Now, luckily, I had worked for the NRA, so I was very used to how this works right. in the media. And yeah. I was like, all right, like, clearly, this is very passionate. We got a lot of free media off of this. May I love to claim that I was featured in Vogue. It was a total hit piece, <laughs> but I put it in my bio. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, featured in Vogue. Haters can be like, you're the best if thing for the your question, business if done correctly. If you're in Vogue featured in a good light, is that a good thing? Like, I, I don't know I don't know. know. I don't yeah. know. Like, I think, like, when I, you know, I was modeling in, in like, high school. Like, of course, you want to be yeah, featured yeah, in yeah, Vogue. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then as you get older and you're like, this is, like, garbage. Yeah. Like, women's empowerment. Like, I am truly like wanting to change the narrative on totally. what empowerment looks like for women. Mm -hmm. And these women are stifling true empowerment. Like this is like, you know, yeah. So this that's just insane. I love this. Cause it's one of the things that we've seen and, and you know, we, most of our job is raising money from people to fund our real estate deals. And, um, or that's what feels like most of our job. It's not most <laughs> of our job. And, um, we have just seen creating value alignment is like the, the biggest, yep win ever mm -hmm. and um and so it, it's just crazy when you look at just from a, a a higher level look at the country it does seem like uh one side eats itself constantly mm -hmm. like they just it's like if you're not progressive enough yeah. we're gonna eat you and spit you back out and hope that you don't succeed versus like you mentioned going to shot show and i imagine like even hearing that story was encouraging because i'm like potential competitor Mm -hmm. comes up to you and says, hey, I would love to help you. And so how have you, yeah. seen, how have you seen like creating value alignment 
help your brand, not just within the consumer, because that's obvious, but yeah. like from the backside and the other, I mean, you've mentioned so many names that I recognize just following them on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like there there was not a lot of alignment initially inside the firearm industry because we were really trying to disrupt an entire industry that all said they wanted to go after women, but not a single one of them was doing anything to go after women other than like maybe putting a pink handle <laughs> yeah. on a gun. And then they mm -hmm. did the worst marketing ever. And they were like, well, why don't the women buy more guns? Yeah. And I'm just, this is like, you're not speaking their language, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. but what I realized it wasn't that it's just, you're trying to change a massive ship of $50 billion industry that they're making enough money. Like mm -hmm. why do they yeah. need to change their tactics? You know? Right. And so that is when like the light went off in my head. It's like, then so I'll go do it. Like someone needs to go do it. And then I knew once once we did it and we proved it and we were like, we were reaching those women that all the you know manufacturers were wanting to reach. So I was like, then stuff will start, will start happening and coming. And I'll just kind of like sit back and, and watch that happen. And it and it did. And so like we did a collaboration with Springfield Armory. And I love Springfield because not just because we did the collaboration, <laughs> but I, I noticed, like, a difference in their marketing tactics. Like, they really appeal to the consumer, whereas, like, you know, I don't name all their names, but, like, different manufacturers went very heavy military, mm -hmm. which is fine, but, like, all their consumers wanted to feel like, you know, the G.I. Joes, and right. so, like, they marketed that way to them, and that does not really speak to the soccer mom that mm -hmm. wants to carry a gun on her body, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so what Springfield was doing, I had been following them for a long time, um, and I was like, this is really cool. I was, I'm really good friends with, like, the daughter of the company that, or the family that owns it. And I was like, you guys are just like killing it on your consumer products and the consumer marketing that you're doing. And, you know, if there's ever a chance for us to collaborate and work together, like I would love to. And they came to us and they were like, we, they just understood the concealed carry market. So many people are way behind, you know, just now Mossberg is, is, I think they've had the MC one, like maybe for a couple of years, but these companies that traditionally were like, Browning, you know, we're doing mm -hmm. rifles or shotguns are even right. now trying to enter into the concealed carry game because they all realize that this is a massive marketing mm -hmm. uh, market. But then Springfield was already like so far ahead of them. So I was like, yes, this is how we accelerate growth together. This is what we, you know, we make this, we round out. The, it's a lifestyle. We've always said that from the very beginning. The yeah. firearm should fit seamlessly into your life. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't just be the only thing that defines your life. It's just yeah seamlessly into yeah. your life and they got it and so we did a big um unfortunately we were all supposed to unveil it at shot show last year but that was like right during covid not it was tail end of covid but like everyone backed out of that shot show all the major manufacturers sure. yeah pulled out you know so that was kind of a bummer but they sell it directly on their um website cool. so we did like a full men's full women's line um of lifestyle pieces interspersed with the concealed carry capabilities and so it was really cool because it gave us a chance to kind of stretch our um our offering yeah you know we wanted to do a lot more um lifestyle pieces like we did this really cool stretch flannel shirt for the guys that my husband is obsessed with <laughs> and he has, wears them like every day and so like we just got to do cool things that we yeah. wouldn't necessarily just do on alexo's website but we were able to do it with springfield so that was like a lot of power in collaborating with them that's so. awesome luke cole i can keep going you guys have any questions no mm. i, I want to talk Real quick, circle back on, you know, sales. And it seems like you've really been grassroots on a lot of fronts, you know, not using a ton of influencers. 
that's so important, you know, especially for anybody starting a business is well, we had zero money for marketing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Zero. <laughs> zero. So, so I needed we, to get yeah. in a lot of publications. I needed a lot of yeah. free earned media. Yeah. And just the nature of this industry provided that. It, yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I think it's so important that you learn how to sell, sell yourself. Yeah. And, you know, if you can sell something, you can do a lot in mm-hmm. business. And so talk to us a little bit about like, what was your grind doing that? What did, what did it take for you? And, you know, what did it look like for you to really sell your product? Well, first off, I knew that especially with these smaller brands, people buy from people. They want to know the person behind the brand. They want to know your story. They want to connect. So most of the our initial audience came from like my following. And I, I spoke to them constantly. I'm a big proponent for utilizing social media as much as I hate social media, like utilizing it to get your message out there mm-hmm. and connecting and talking to the people. And if you don't tell your story, someone else is going to tell your story. Yep. And so I think that was number one was just like having this connection. I mean, these women that I've never met before, like felt like they knew me, that they were friends with me. And, you know, we, we just kind of built this group together. And so I think it's so important that you put a face and a voice behind your brand. And, you know, whether you're telling stories, however you decide to do it, like for me, it was like, let's, you know, obviously I just relate to these women, so I'm going to talk to them. And, um, and like I said, I didn't have any money to market like at all. Um, I did have a lot of friends in the firearm industry that were all, all the women writers and this, I will say this, this way I love the women in the firearm industry. Like they stick together and they, and they get it. Like all of them get what needs to be done. And it's, it was just like this perfect storm of, okay, some woman is doing something about this. We all want to wear these clothes. Let's like help each other. So I had them coming out of the woodworks, like writing articles for us and like every single major publication on, you know, when we would launch and then we would launch, oh, since we launched the middle of the Me Too movement, we didn't even have a product at that point, y'all. It was supposed to come in in October. It was severely delayed. I was like, what are we going to do? Oh my gosh. Like I've already told everybody the truth about guns blog, like which gets like 2 million hits a day. Like just get an article on us. Like people are coming to the website. We're not products. Like what are yeah, we going to do? Yeah. I was like, all right, pivot. Let's uh, put on pre-order. Give them a 10% discount if they pre-order it. And then it'll be here in like six to eight weeks. We yeah. don't know. Um, so after all, like of the media frenzy is what I called it. Like during me too, we sold out of, everything that was on its way in so we had like tripled our initial investment we're able to like put it all back in to the company and go ahead and like buy the next round of product before that stuff even like got in and then i'm just like praying to god it fits and like people like it i'm like oh they don't like it like we're done you know like (laughs) could be over you know um but they did they loved it and that's awesome once people like put it on and they were now we have improved y'all like a ton there were pieces that I'm like, that was not, that like, was not I can't right. believe we like, thought that was a good idea. <laughs> it was pieces. never that we didn't think it was a great idea. It was like the fits and the, just things you learn yeah. along the way. Like we were always just trying to refine and make things better. And, you know, one of the big things that we got a lot of feedback from is that our stuff doesn't have built-in uh, trigger guards. And I'm like, well, there's a reason for that because not every woman wears our stuff that wants to carry a firearm. Mm-hmm. So you do have to put your own trigger protection in there. But so like one of the things we came up with with DeSantis was mm-hmm. we like did custom really cool inserts that give you hard trigger protection on both sides plus nice. a sticky outer like rubberized material. So I mean, I go I run 6 to 10 miles with my gun and it doesn't budge. 
the pants don't sag, they don't fall down, it doesn't move in the pocket when I wear the insert, and you don't have to clip in like an ulti clip with the Kydex holster because that is so uncomfortable. Yeah. Wow. Like it's just that's it's awesome. just awful. Um so, so DeSantis <clears throat> why why are they named DeSantis? The pants are called DeSantis pants, right? Oh no. So DeSantis holsters has has a really strong relationship with Springfield. So okay. we created like an insert with them for their line and then I'll, we just sell it also for like all the pockets on the Springfield line are the exact same as ours. Mm. Okay. So we just have a licensing deal with them that Got like it. we did the design and the manufacturing and, and the licensing. So it's the same product. It just has co-brand on there. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. How, how did you like know that they would like it? Like what was your market research? What did that look like? I think a lot of people starting probably a consumer business would have no, like do they just Google? Like what, how do I research this? Like what So that- like, Trying to think about like how uh, it started. Like I wanted to see how many women carried a concealed like firearm. So first off, I had a problem, and I wanted a solution for that problem. Mm. It's very different starting a consumer brand when the product isn't innovative. It's not solving a problem. Then you're com- you're entering into a market where you're competing with everybody. You know, like I knew if we were going to go into the activewear space. That's an $80 billion industry. Mm-hmm. Like, w- there's a new activewear brand coming out every single day. Like, we have no differentiator in the market whatsoever. So, like, we have to solve a problem and we have to have a differentiator. And so, that was the differentiator. And so, yeah. I was like, if I have this problem, I need to see how many other women have this problem. Did my research with, like, A, how many active runners are, you know, like, I want to know what the market size was because yeah. we were starting with runners. I knew that we had the ability to expand beyond that, but like I wanted to start with runners. So like, what is our market size? That helps us drill down. How many do you order? What size? Ru- like, even down to, and I'm giving so many trade secrets away. Like, I'm really hoping that I'm helping well, just, all of you well, guys. You can a, buy my consulting program later. I'm just kidding. One of these buttons has like a beep out, like if somebody says a cuss word, no, and so we can do that is, for like all of your trade no, secrets. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to, but like we so even down to what sizes do you make and how do you cut this? Because women's bodies are completely different. Mm-hmm. There is not a, when it comes to like what we do, the, the waistbands are so restrictive and constricting. Like there's a very specific technical design and, and construction to it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not going to fit every body type. So we had to drill down, okay, well, like, is the runner market big enough yeah. for that body type, you know, and what's the waist size to the hip ratio to the, like, we had to figure all of that out. And then you're like, well, how many extra smalls do I, mm-hmm. you know? So then I had to drill in, like, okay, what age groups have their consult carry license? Like, or who am I going to tailor the brand towards you know is it going to be the younger generation and if so like okay maybe they might fall into this size group like there is so much research that that you really have you have to do and then I was like okay well then how many outside of that carry other self-defense tools like can we can we do different sets of marketing pictures and poses and stuff that like show the versatility of the product with someone who never is going to like college girls can't carry on College campus, right? But they need this product just as much as grandma does. Well, it can a And M in Texas can. So tech, yes. Yeah, so like, yeah, Texas. Um, I think Colorado. Like there are Colorado con- can. Yeah, like there are <laughs> constitutional carry states and some. Yeah. But even then, like you can't take it into certain buildings. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. You know, so so it's I, just, that's it's actually a mess. I, that was a that was a question that popped in my head mm-hmm. while you were talking. What what have sales been like in states that are super? So like, what's it like to sell in California? Do you guys sell you much? You guys want to know where our number one state is? 
California. California. Oh, that is wow. crazy. Yeah, so California gets a really bad rap because of Los Angeles and San Francisco when it comes to firearms. Yeah. Like, like the dirty little secret is they're actually really conservative outside of those major areas. Yeah. And it's pretty relatively easy to get a concealed carry license like in Orange County, and like San Diego and stuff like that. And so then once you get in that county, you can carry all across the state. But if you live in Los Angeles County, you aren't getting a concealed carry permit. Interesting. Didn't yeah, I? so they have a um, may issue law. So it's like they may issue it if you have a good reason and the Second Amendment is not a good enough reason for them. So you, you have to literally write out your reason, form. turn it into the sheriff, and the sheriff approves if you are really at risk and need a firearm. So it's wow. in his hands. Yeah, it's insane. So I know. Um, and even then, like, you've got weird rules on, like, mace and all that. So so state-wise, yeah, I had to drill down. I And it's very hard finding accurate, up-to-date information on concealed carry permits. So there were, at that point, 10 or 11 constitutional carry states. We've added more. It's like now in Texas, you'll never know how many women actually carry a firearm because right. you don't have to get a concealed carry license right. anymore. Um, and so, but, like, so we had to figure all that out. Like, where where's the, you know, where's the largest population of concealed carry holders and then like if we are going to run facebook ads like we need to target there yeah. <laughs> you know and we didn't start running facebook ads until like three years into all of this like the the first two years we couldn't keep up with sales fast enough because i mean we're just putting our own money like mm -hmm. back into it and then we're like yeah we might risk like one extra color <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And, and we that was really our plan to begin with anyways like give a limited limited options people will buy it up yeah Way too many options, they'll might get one yeah. or 1.2 items at checkout, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, like, our model, we wanted to turn over fast. We wanted to test new, new styles, new colors fast. And we could do that the faster we sold out of inventory. Yep. And so the more I posted, there was, like, a direct ratio to the more I popped on and did stories, the more I, like, interacted with people on their posts and messages, like, it was a direct correlation with sales. And so when you talk about the grind and the hustle, like it was constant, like 24 hours. Like I'm finding every single person on Instagram that owns a firearm and I was following them and I'm like <laughs> commenting on their pictures. Like, oh my gosh, like love your, I love your dress. Didn't ask them to come buy my product. Yeah. Didn't ask them. But like naturally, if someone's like liking 10 of your pictures, you're going to go look at their website yeah. or look at their page. And then like, oh, and I knew once they came and looked at our stuff, because we're the only ones that were doing this, like. It solved a problem for so many women. Like they're gonna buy one pair. Like they'll at least try one pair. And then me and my husband always would be like, "Oh my gosh, this is a return customer. Like they're buying like another pair." <laughs> and we have like some people that have literally bought like tens of thousands of dollars of pro like we have the most amazing loyal so awesome. customers that just keep coming back and buy more and come back. And like I think that's a good testament when you know you have a good product. Is like, do you have repeat buyers? And is that your model? Like, do you? Can you sustainably grow by continuing to add, you know, sprinkle in a couple of products that your core base will buy versus going out and acquiring, acquiring new customers is very expensive. Yeah. And so like, do we just grow it with this base and then we'll let them like go, you know, do the influencer marketing for us. And, and that like worked. Yeah. You know, so. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so impressive. Like, I mean, truly even just hearing you talk about it, like any, like I, I have such high respect just doing it with Cole. Anyone who starts a business and is successful, regardless, is impressive. Because the hustle, I mean, Cole has the chip more than I do of entrepreneurship. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he grinds. Yeah, and you gotta want it. You, you've got 
to want to do it. You've and I, I love. There's this graph um, of like entrepreneur life, and you've probably seen it where it's like this and yeah. zigzag yeah, so, line. It's like, yeah. oh, this is so great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, no, but things are gonna turn around. Oh, why did I do this? Yeah. Like that, and that's in 24 hour period. Yeah. yeah, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you you're constantly yeah. feeling like you're on this emotional roller coaster of did, did we do the right thing? Oh my God, we're not going to be able to eat next week, yeah. you know, to... <laughs> Rice and beans awesome. for y'all like, next week. <laughs> we're going to be able to take a vacation to, oh my gosh, but are we even going to have a company? I mean, because then three years in, we hit COVID and our manufacturing plant shut down for six months. So we had zero production, zero. And that's when everyone was sitting at home buying things online. Yeah. And I'm like, we have no production. I'm like, well, what are we going to do? You know, and we're like, so are we going to have a company? And then 2021 was our best year ever. Like when we caught up, thankfully, and I think it's because like we've done the hard work of building the community. Like people stuck with us mm-hmm. and they wanted to continue to support. And that's awesome. And then all these new gun owners like came into the fold and yeah. needed a place to put their gun. But I was yeah. going to so, say like, it's, I have utmost respect for all entrepreneurs, but like hearing you talk about the complexity of women's clothing, which I've found to be true. Like I don't buy my wife clothes because I'm like, I don't know. I, like, I, I just, yeah, smart. if you want something, not we're not yes. doing birthdays. We're not doing Christmas. Just yeah. get what you want when you want it. And Honestly guys, it. like, and I will say that about the Alexo <laughs> product too. Like just do yourself a favor and get a gift card. Yeah. That's because smart. do not try to guess your wife's size and do not go. I used to tell people like, yeah, just go grab like a pair of Lululemon or Nike and tell me what size it was. And then like, most like a lot of women will definitely like oh I can squeeze into these like smalls you know it's great but they have a lot of stretch yeah ours don't so you like get them a small they really should be a large they're not going to be happy when they have to come back to my company and buy two sizes bigger than (laughs) what they are used to wearing and that's like that we took all of that into consideration like when we did our sizing and our all of that because I'm like, no woman wants to have to buy a larger size. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, err on the side of caution by like a big size, like a much bigger size, and then let her decide if she wants them tighter right. in order to hold you yeah. know, the firearm. So yeah, just buy a gift card and then That's let her f- read the size I, chart. I also just like, even again, talking, talking today, I'm like, okay, I will be buying her a gift card. And I also just, I've, from one of the things of having friends start small, small clothing companies, much smaller than like, so it's, I always encourage, like, I don't know if you had a bunch of, I'm sure you did when you, when you started friends, like, Hey, can I get some, can I get some? And I always, I always encourage friends, like if you believe in it, buy it. Like do not ask founders for their stuff. Totally agree. It's your livelihood. It's what you're So you can't just ask for handouts. Like if you think they have a good product, buy it from my, like, the fact that my mom and dad like buy one of like everything <laughs> all of the all of the time yeah. and neither of them like carry guns and you know my best friends were always buying and it's it's kind of like this mentality though now with you know you're kind of used to always getting asked for like free stuff because everyone is an influencer yeah. you know yeah. Can I pay you an influencer, like in posts or yeah. whatever? Yep. And it's like, maybe. It depends on like what your current content is. Right. Like, I'm like, do you carry a gun? Are you safe with a gun? Like, I don't just want any Joe Blow <laughs> yeah. like, wearing, like giving them to you for free and then you wearing them, right. you know? And like, you don't want Plexco Burris being your, your male. Uh, <laughs> no, he can buy them if he wants to and do whatever he wants to with <laughs> do them. You, <laughs> do, you know, do you know who that was? Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's just a crazy, it's like a crazy world yeah. out there that we're loving in. But yes, it means a lot when you do buy the product at full price. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Talk, yes. talk to us a little bit about what, like, what does the future hold for you guys? What's the kind of the growth plan? And, you know, do you guys want to 
get acquired by somewhere? You want to keep growing the business? Like, what, what does that look like? I just want to put as much badass clothing and as many badass people as we possibly can for as long as we can. And I want, honestly, like, I would love to get a million women over the next 10 years in Alexa. So Mm. just one pair of black leggings on a million women. Um, And it's a big goal, and there's a lot that's going to have to go into that, but I truly believe, like, that's where we can go. And if we start to empower that many women, I think we'll start to see a shift in behavior, Mm -hmm. especially, like, the more women that start to fight back or the more women that start becoming hard targets, it could actually affect change in the entire world, I believe. Like, just the the behaviors, you know, Mm -hmm. between someone who intends to do you harm and being a victim yeah and so yeah i think it's all and that 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 does have potential just like uh, as somebody who i'm thinking back to bible stories when women like step up to the Mm -hmm. moment like it changes trajectory of nations and it's kind of a sign of like judgment on men for passivity and weakness and like we should be able to provide not that women can't provide for themselves but men should be able to and should be creating a safe environment for women and we haven't so that's the to to, Adi- to credit adidas they do have that slightly well, right but to I market mean, but to women you know they're they're talking about a small subgroup like the majority of men aren't walking around thinking who they're gonna assault no no i yeah today, you well, know? I, I don't mean and that i mean more so like just men men in general it's just yeah. it's not it's not the aggressive men it's the passive men that are a problem you know what that's and that, that's, that's more what i'm saying yeah. is mm-hmm. like but when women, like my wife, whenever she, whenever I'm not working out and my wife's working out constantly, I'm like, well, dang, I need gotta to start working out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to do it. So it's like yeah. that concept of yeah. like, man, that, that I think women, when men don't lead and women do, mm-hmm. it, it has a lot of opportunity to like wake up sure. a nation. Yeah. yeah. So, well, true. I think as far as growth potential, there's so many collaborations out there that we're in talks with right now from the less than lethal to continue our, our partnership, you know, with, with Springfield because our work's not done yet. Like, there's so much growth. We haven't even touched, literally, it's like the, the tip of the tip of the iceberg, not even reaching, like, the full amount of people that even carry firearms. I'm like, until every one of those women are wearing our stuff, too, yeah. like, we have so much work to do. And so it's just going to be continuing to get it in front of the right people. And word of mouth, telling people about it and continuing to work with, with I think, having bigger and bigger collaborations. And it's, it's a tricky space. It's not like we can just go to anybody and be like, hey, you guys want to collaborate with us? Because, you know, all these woke companies these days, like, don't even want to touch anything that has to do with firearms, even within the context of we're trying to keep women safe. You know, it's not like adidas will ever call to mm. you know you can adidas we could like do this together and, you know i did i was like hey call me because we've got a solution if you guys want to solve this problem like we could do it but more than likely they're not that's not their mo that's not their that's not their messaging and that's not and it's okay like we'll do it and we'll just find the right people um along the path that i think will help us get there and accelerate this a lot faster how, have you thought, I, I may, I, I'm sorry, I, I looked at my phone to remember when I, because I remembered I took a note of when I first heard about y'all, because yeah. I was talking to Cody at Ray's, and it was June of 2021, and uh, okay, and he was just telling me, I was like, who should, he was telling me about the guy that she could go train with, and these are the clothes, and I, all that stuff, but I zoned out for 10 seconds, so I may have missed this, so I apologize if I'm re-asking a question. Um Cole asked about, have you thought about selling or mm-hmm. about future and like an exit? Have you thought about that? And like, I'm sure one of the big pieces is 
and a worry is like when you sell a company, you tend to lose some value. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're always looking at strategic partnerships. Yeah. And if if there's a potential partnership and the right deal is in place and we think that there we're aligned very similarly on on where this can go, you know, I'll never say never. Right. But it's just it's gotta be with the right people and, yeah. and the right partners. And I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I would never I would never say no. Right. But okay. I I definitely like I mean Initially, when we started out, like I think that you, I think you should start with your exit strategy in place. Yeah. And we did. Like we had, we're like, oh, we're gonna grow it to here. We're gonna do this, and we're gonna, you know, sell it for this and all that kind of stuff. And right. then as we got more into it, we were like, wait, we, we love what we're doing. Yeah. Like, we, we love this company, and we want to like this. We feel like right now this is our purpose, and this is what we're supposed to be doing. So there's like, you know, no yeah. way right this second. Like I would hand this baby over yeah. to anybody else, you know, no, that makes and, total sense. Uh, I, I think that, that that's what I imagine you'd say. Um, Luke, anything, man, you got, no, you, I was kind of quiet over here. Y'all kept going. going. He's, the, he's our <laughs> yeah. gun expert. He's yeah. gun guy <laughs> over there. I know. I know. He's he's at shot show every year. <laughs> Did you go this last? Actually, this I is my go. first year. I didn't go this year. This is my no. first year. I haven't gone in like I, I heard it was pretty years. pretty brutal. Well, if, so <laughs> last I did go last year, even yeah. though like all the major manufacturers, you know, yeah, pulled I was out there, and, it, and we got a lot of work done as part of the growth strategy. So we're mm. we started being direct to consumer, and we still primarily are, but there's a lot of growth potential with on the retail side um, that you know we are about to start exploring. Like we get called every day from small mom and pop shops across the nation. They're like, hey, can we like carry your stuff? We have more women coming in here. But the problem is, is being a direct consumer brand who does continue to sell out, you would be taking out of your inventory that you get way better margins direct to consumer than you right. do when you go to right. retail, yeah, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's a whole different business model and you need to know those percentages and that structure. That's another important piece. You know, if you're gonna start a direct consumer brand, like. Do you want to, or just a product brand in general, do you want to go direct to consumer? Do you want to try to get into retail? Mm -hmm. If so, you need to calculate all that into your margins and understand, and even down to price point, knowing how much you're going to charge, are you a premium brand? Are you going to be able to command $89, $99 for spandex? You know, mm -hmm. like what, what are you? Who are you? And don't waver from that. And if you're going to start out being a premium brand, like be a premium brand. If you're going to try to come in and undercut us, like, and your quality is going to be worse and you're going to sell a cheaper price, I know what it takes to make these leggings. Be sturdy, safe, effective. Mm -hmm. You aren't getting those, like, any cheaper than ours. Anything cheaper than ours and your pants are going to fall down. The holster's not going to, like, you know, be my guest, spend your money and go do that. But, like, I know what it takes to, to make these pants. And so, like, you... It's very technical design on the things that we do, and so, but you have to take all that into consideration. Yeah. And you know, when you when it comes to discounting things and selling remaining inventory, and you have to you have to if you are in retail, you can't undercut your retailers on your website. So you know, there's a lot that yeah. goes into all of this. So you know? I'd love to. We or I know you got to get out of here by probably three, so you can get to your next meeting, but. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about the nonprofits you work with, as you mentioned that MCBA. And oh yeah, that's a that is a this is an so this nonprofit group. So I've been very involved, and I don't say I'm involved in politics. I don't think the Second Amendment should be a political issue. That's an American <laughs> issue, <laughs> you know. Like Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, don't vote at all. Like your gun should protect your life, you know. Right. So I don't feel like that should be a partisan political issue, but for whatever reason, it is in today's you know society. So. 
on a politics side, I've been involved on a national level with the Second Amendment. I say that because I've largely ignored like what's going on locally. Right. Um, and all of that kind of shifted for us during COVID when we started to see, like I started to pay attention. I finally had a kid, you know, and I'm like paying attention to what's going on with the, with the schools and with the shutdowns and the masks and the, you know, mandates and then shutting down businesses. And I'm mm-hmm. like, like who's responsible for this? And I just started learning like the local governments actually have a lot more power than yeah. any of us realize. So our buddies was starting um, a nonprofit 501c6 uh, business organization to get people involved in local, local yeah. um, nonpartisan elections. Because I didn't even know they were nonpartisan. I didn't know mayor was nonpartisan. Did you know that? Eric? Did, did you know that? Did you know city? Yeah, Eric, uh, technically, when they run on the ballot, it says nonpartisan. So huh. they don't. Really? Yeah. Oh, like the, like the, like the, the nature of running for mayor, you can't be a Correct. Democrat you're, or Republican. So you can be you. registered personally, but you're oh, not okay. running on a Democrat platform. Okay, you're just running as, as an individual. So and it people... literally says nonpartisan. Huh. Next to all city wow. council members, mayor, all of that kind of stuff. So they're not technically supported by any of the of interesting the parties. Yeah. yeah. So, but they do have a lot of power. So as I was researching this, I'm like, all right, well, you know, they they're shutting like they shut Dallas down right yes. during during COVID and it affected the business community severely which then in turn affected a lot of people's lives and realized seven percent of the population voted in the last local, local election. election and that's standard that's that's pretty like yeah average I mean like seven to nine percent of people get involved and that seven to nine percent is making a decision that is yeah. severely affecting your life mm-hmm. they run a five billion dollar budget and like less than three of them can read a PL. And there's 14 on the city council. That's bad. And so they've never run businesses before. They don't know what they're doing when it comes to like a thriving like economy. They're shutting down. They're making it difficult for developers to come in and and have new growth and new development. Mm -hmm. The permitting process is horrible in Dallas. Um, Like regulations are are just getting out of control. And so you're seeing like this, even though there's a lot of businesses moving to Dallas, we had a net loss of people leaving Dallas. And so this group was formed because they wanted to take the business community and the business leaders and get their employees involved in the local um, nonpartisan elections and charity. So they have like two pillars of it. So yeah, so I'm like super involved with them. I go to like their city council meetings and I was learning about homelessness and yeah. all this stuff, you know, that's going on in Dallas. And there's a big election coming up on May 6th. All right. If you don't vote, you need to. You have till April 6th to get registered to vote in your local election. Yeah, Love because it. it's it's like, I mean, it's, this is like serious. Yeah. If we don't get a handle on what's happening with Dallas, we're going to turn into Los Angeles. We're going to see like just totally. people not being able to be entrepreneurs and yeah. start their dream job and, you know, build the life that they want to build for themselves and for their children. And I'm just like super pro business and pro growth because I think it gives everybody opportunity. Cool. Like, I didn't come from money. My dad was a pastor, you know, so we didn't have a background that my parents just handed over a lot of money. But what we lacked in finances, they taught me how to work hard. Yeah. They taught yeah. me that anything I wanted to do and work hard for, I could do it and I could become that. And so we need more people to have those kind of opportunities and just, you know, a world that provides that. Yeah. So not equal outcomes, but equal opportunities. That's awesome. So, that, that's so good. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, this past October kind of woke up to that realization too of local, like local matters. So mm-hmm. and I should have woken up to it during COVID just watching like, you know, Trump and Fauci had their thing every day, yeah. but like <laughs> we call him judge Judy Jenkins was the one who like ran our lives. And I was yeah. like, you know, yeah. and, and well, it, he had a lot of power and then he deferred it to people in the, yeah. you know, it, it just, it was a, it was a mess. And I think like by the time it like trickled down to the local government, we were all like, 
I didn't know they had that much power. <laughs> yeah. like, I, didn't they could, I didn't know they could do that, yeah. you know? And then I'm like, have I ever voted in a local election? I don't think I have. You know, your down ballot stops at a certain point, and then you have to, like, handpick each of the people yeah. you know, that are nonpartisan, and then you're just like, I don't know. Dan, I know a friend. Yeah. Dan, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're contributing to the problem. Or yeah. you just don't vote at all. And then, you know, some of the city council races in Dallas were won by 87 votes. So you're like, oh, if I actually go out and vote, I could make a difference. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important. And, and it's all it's all just, I think this whole conversation is realizing uh, what, like, responsible citizens should do and can do and have yeah. the opportunity to do. And, yeah, for sure. um that's, and should do. And should do, yeah. <laughs> and that's what, uh, you know, we've, it's been fun. We're, we're not in this world. We love, like, hobby-wise, we love to be, um, but it's it's so encouraging to to hear you in it and leading in it. And, um, well, thank you. It, it, uh, it, it's, it should, and I hope it encourages. I hope right now our listening demographic is, like, 99% 25 to 30 year old males. Awesome. So hopefully we break <laughs> into your girlfriend. Let's break yeah. in. If you're a man <laughs> listening to this, share this with your girlfriend. They make your butt look really good. Just saying. You know, so, yes. And they have 10 pockets. Yes. That's, purse pants. They, Store everything in your pants. So. Amazing. Yeah. So you guys can go to alexoathletica.com. And gets, we are just getting restocked in our black leggings. Love this, it. I don't know when this is coming and out. Then, but, well, yeah. we'll get it out quick. Um, we don't have much of a queue right now. So you, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, like, maybe even this week, next awesome. week. Um, but, and, and then anywhere else that people can follow you on social media? Yeah, it, so the Amy Robbins is on, is like my personal account on Instagram. And then Alexa Athletica is everything else. On. Cool. We're not really on Twitter. I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't keep up with everything. It's like some negative. It's like such a negative world. The negative yeah. stuff like gets all the attention, it and does. I'm just like, I'm trying to put a positive spin on carrying guns. It's hard enough, like right. posting gun pictures. They already hate us, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like much less, we don't need yeah. anything negative totally. out there. So totally. And then any, honestly, any last like advice for men and women? I actually was super personally convicted, which is funny to say convicted, and then Joe Rogan back to back. But he was talking to a gentleman who teaches women his profession is teaching women self-defense and they were like two and a half hours in and i was on 2x speed listening to it and i like rewinded because rogan like totally challenged this guy and was like you are giving people a false sense of confidence on being Hmm. prepared and you know he's like and and he was this guy was talking about women he was like no way there's no way in six weeks you get a woman ready to defend herself Hmm. on the street with just no tools just her hands and he's like i'm 15, 20 years into a jujitsu and it takes a long time to kick somebody and break their shin. Like, um, and I was like, he was talking to this guy and I was like, I think he's talking to me. Like, I, I think I'm, I think, I think I'm way more prepared than I am. (laughs) Um, and so what advice would you give to people out there to like, Hey, here's steps you can practically take to be prepared to defend yourself. Like what, what, what are the first few things? Get Alexo pants. Get Alexa pants to get you in the mindset. Yeah. I mean, first first things first is mindset. Like, just looking at the world through the lenses of, like, there's just bad people. You first have to realize that, and you have to understand, like, that could happen. Then you don't want to live paranoid. You want to live prepared. So just like you throw a, you know, a spare tire in the back of your car, not because you worry every day you're going to get a flat tire, but you have one just in case you need it. It's no different it's than a great analogy. Yourself, like, True pastor's daughter right there. So, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so, you know, having, having those tools, yes, helps you be prepared and not paranoid. However, making yourself just as difficult of a target as possible. So just put your phone down. Like, I want to start this um, segment on our podcast called Are You Bonkable? 
people because I like when I drive down the road and I see women like running with their headphones or like looking in their phone, I just want to go bop them on the head and be like, Bonk. you just got bonked. Like, and I'm nice. So like, you know, don't be bonkable. So always be looking around. Always yeah. look for things that are out of the ordinary. Don't be afraid to be the weird one who's like, mm, that doesn't seem right. And just like, Turn around and go the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's okay. And if someone encroaches in your space, like you don't always have to be polite to them. You can, you know, obviously like question it, get all the situation, and try to avoid as much as you can and de-escalate the situation. I mean, those things leading up to ever having to use your tool are probably going to work a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have the stat for that, but right, you know, yeah. most of the time, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really you know what's what's going to work. Um, but as far as like starting a business, I love to leave people with. Um, this, this last piece of advice, like don't let the things that you don't know stop you from doing what you should do. Mm -hmm. Because had I done that, I would never be able to reach the millions of people that I want to reach. Had I like stopped and was like, but I don't know how to do manufacturing. I don't know, I don't know how to design. I, I mm -hmm. don't know how to grow an apparel brand. You know, like had I let all those little fears or naysays in my brain like keep me from doing that, I never would have done it. So if you've got a dream, your dreams don't have an expiration date, so keep going for it and do it, and don't let things you don't know stop you from doing what you should do. I love it. That's awesome. That's a great way. We will clip that and put it out on social media right. so that if, awesome. in case people don't make it all the way through our combo, they get to hear that. <laughs> that was good. Amy, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, this was Amy. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. We'll catch you all next time. All right, we had to come back on because... <laughs> We forgot to ask Amy what gun she carries on a daily basis. So it's a great question, and it depends on, you know, do you wear the same pair of shoes for every single occasion, guys? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> no, no. So no, I have a different not. gun for different occasions. Um, I carry, like, a really small 380. Um, I'm embarrassed to even, like, say which one it is because it's so dinky. <laughs> but when I run really long miles, it's either that one or my Springfield um, Hellcat. I love that. I do love the SIG P365, um, but I've become a little more partial to Springfield filled with our partnership with them. So I've just gotten used to, to that. So, yeah. All right. There you go, girls. Those are the guns. <laughs> go test go that one out. Um, ooh, I, I actually just did a training course with Mossberg's MC. I think it's the MC2 now. And it had a red dot sight. And I don't usually train with red dots because I'm like, I don't want to rely on right. them and all yeah. that. But after this training, I think I'm going to put a red dot on like all of my guns. There you go. Yeah, because I was like so much more accurate and I just mm. like could get on target a lot faster. So, yeah. yeah. And train, 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 train. Train, train, train. Yes. <laughs> Take it. That's all right. right. Yeah. That's it. All right, guys. See y'all.